Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. This is our season four finale, How Time Flies, a season with a lot of changes, but really excited and happy uh, to bring you to a close of our regular season coverage uh, with my friend and yours, Shams Benamore. Shams, how are you doing tonight? I'm still in denial. Like I still, on my morning, still will open up yahoo and uh, fan tracks just by just habit so might be a few more weeks while we'll have the uh keeping carlson playoff pool for me to have a reason to keep on doing that so at least some fantasy to look out forward to yeah absolutely uh, and i'm sure they talked about it on the sunday show but of course uh patronage over the summer uh for keeping carlson is just a buck so if you have been thinking about joining and want to get in on the playoff pool and have a fun opportunity, they it's probably the most fun playoff pool I've ever been involved with. Uh, you know, if you uh, depending on how you finish, that determines your draft order in your later uh, games. It's it's just a really great setup uh, that makes it uh, a lot more fun than your usual kind of box pool that you might run into. Yeah, you know, I was talking a bit with uh, Jeremy. Uh, on our last episode together and just yeah that sort of feeling of I compared it to uh, feeling like the school year being over like there's that sort of weightless feeling like there's no uh, there's nothing that I should be thinking about (laughs) in the back of my head and it's kind of nice but you know yeah that melancholy feeling that something that you really love and that you have a lot of fun with is done Um, but yeah uh, keep that feeling a little longer by jumping in on the playoff pool it is a lot of fun we have a bunch of news for you here a lot of it injury ouchery stuff Uh, it is silly season uh, especially for teams that have more or less secured their spot in or out of the playoffs Uh, so we're going to run down some of these key spots uh, mention uh, a few interesting developments and Hopefully take you through uh, these last little bits of your season if you should still be playing uh, with uh, a little bit of good advice for the road here. Uh, So let's start in uh, Minnesota uh, where Kaprizov is out versus Pittsburgh. Uh, And then we have uh, Joel Erickson-Eck who was injured uh, during this game here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what's going on, what we can expect. Uh, Should we be super concerned about this, or is this just kind of a a 
rest day potentially for, uh, and an unfortunate turnout for anyone who is rostering him in a playoff match. So for Erickson Eck, I didn't see it, but based off of Twitter, it was said that he got uh, injured off of blocking a Malkin shot off the ankle. So hopefully it's a precautionary thing and not something serious. So that's where we stand for that. And especially with him, with Johansson and Boldy going off, that's going to be something we have to keep in mind. And by the sounds of it, we have Kaprizov coming close. I like the fact that they're saying that he's out for the game shows a hint that he's close. So not sure exactly when the plan is for him, but he's getting close. And also interestingly enough, uh, Nyquist, who you may forget is actually on the team because he was traded as he was injured during the trade deadline is supposedly close as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the lines turn out with uh, everyone back and hopefully Erickson Eck is not out for too long. Yeah, I think unless Erickson Eck is out for a bit, it's hard to imagine they would uh, break up uh, anything that's sort of going on with um, that second line uh, where they finally got some depth scoring. Uh, you know, maybe Sam Steele could find his position under threat. Uh, if Nyquist makes a return, but, you know, he hasn't really had time to mesh with his team very much, obviously, as you mentioned, injured coming in. Um, But yeah, so uh, keep an eye there. Also some injuries down in Tampa. Again, uh, not super clear on the severity, but uh, Sorelli and Hagel uh, suffering some injuries. Uh, That left us with Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, so an overloaded top line. Uh, Esamont, Paul, and Killorn making up that second line. Janot, Bellamar, and Perry. Uh, you know, Janot, hopefully, I think, uh, you know, uh, we're ho- Tampa is hoping that he will either be a great playoff performer or else help them fill in some depth next season while he's still under contract. Obviously, they forked over a King's ransom for the guy at the deadline in terms of picks and such. So uh, that'll be another one to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, I think he could potentially be the type of player who can really step up and be helpful. Uh, You know, it is a very small sample size, so a little bit of success goes a long way in the playoffs. Uh, We also had Patrick Kane out uh, with a bit of a precaution for the Rangers, which, again, is weird to say. (laughs) So that left us with Kreider's advantage at VZ on the top line, uh, Panarin, Trocek, Tarasenko on the second, and then, of course, the kid line, who Jeremy and I talked about last episode uh, providing uh, some of the fireworks in the most recent game as well. So nice to see them uh, finding some success. Um, How about another update actually on something we talked about last week? Uh, Give us the latest from Colorado. Oh, So where we stand for right now is that uh, McCarr's still out as far as we know. I believe they have a game tonight and we don't have actually any update, but if he was back, hopefully they would have announced something by now. So right now where we stand is that uh, Byram and Gerard uh, both played for power play two. And then we had Taves on the top power play. So basically that idea of just these defensemen were good already with Bakar already there. So if you have value with them beforehand, this just makes them that much greater. And then even on your shower leagues especially with like a byram who's been going off for pretty well even though he didn't get a point last game that uh just more defensemen to pluck from uh the waiver wire or hold on to dearly depending on how deep your league is yeah jeremy and i were debating a little bit about gerard versus byram and i think i i had a little bit of a blind spot for byram but for what it's worth uh 
there was a short time where uh, Colorado had four forwards out on that second power play. And during that time, it was Gerard who was out there. It was only 23 seconds. So take that with a grain of salt. That may just be, you know, uh, the, the outcome of a change uh, and not something that was necessarily strategic in nature. But yeah, Taves took away, uh, took off with the score and that worked out really well for him. He obviously is capable of handling that position. Um, and, you know, Byram's certainly on his way, and Gerard is no slouch himself. So, uh, yeah, a couple games left, um, you know, for uh, for the weekend set. So still time uh, to grab these guys. Potentially you didn't miss out on anything if you didn't get them for the last game. Uh, all right, uh, Tage Thompson makes his return. We talked about uh, a possibility of seeing that happen, but the lines are a little different from uh, what we've typically seen. Uh, Skinner and Tuck joined by Middlestat. So Middlestat, who uh, spent some time in third-line purgatory, and we talked about it last time, bouncing back up uh, to take that top-line spot. Uh, Cousins, Greenway, and Thompson forming that second line. Cousins having some success here on Thursday night as well. And then Paterka, Jost, and Quinn making up the third line there. Uh, so good to see Thompson back, but yeah, not, not the usual thing we're used to seeing from Buffalo whose lines have been, you know, compared to some teams, very solid, very steady, uh, for a good chunk there. So interesting to see, uh, how some of those changes played out. We've got an old friend back in Toronto. I almost said St. Louis, um, but uh, Ryan O'Reilly returning, um, but only returning to line three between Kerfoot and Noel Achari. Uh, so Bunting, Matthews, Yarn, Croak remaining on that top line. Nylander, Tavares, Marner uh, as the second. Uh, Yarn Croak, again, just has been, you know, uh, a nice surprise, I think, for anybody who added him in, you know, the last, uh, you know, six weeks of the season. Uh, obviously getting that nice deployment. I uh, love to see Cali find some success up there. Uh, we got some Bruins updates as well. So many injury updates here. Uh, Shams, why don't you take us through what we're seeing in Boston as, you know, a team that can certainly afford to let some players rest and recuperate as they have run away as the most successful team in the league. So on this day, this current set of the players that are out, because it feels like it's every day they have uh, different people rotating in and out. It's uh, Krejci that has been uh, taking a day off, and it's now having that second line of Zaka centering both Bertuzzi and Pasternak. And say, if you saw last week, Bertuzzi has just been on fire with this new setup, and it looks like it's going to continue. Because if you have any exposure to Pasternak, I'm interested. That top line is still Bergeron, Marchand, Nebrusque. Now, the interesting parts are is that. Paul, while doubtful, is getting closer to returning. So it depends on how things go. He'll probably be on the third line. And then developing news during this game is that McAvoy leaves mid-game. I don't have an update on exactly what was the cause or how severe it is. So hopefully, well, they have enough uh, defensemen that they can rest like Orlov randomly. So hopefully they... Probably will just uh, leave him on ice for a little bit longer and not be in a rush to bring him back. So hopefully you're not needing him right away and uh, he'll be in a position to be helpful for you in uh, playoff pools come time. Yeah, you almost hate to say it, obviously, because it's a, a guy who, you know, is is getting hurt. But it kind of does end this musical chairs of uh, players being scratched, uh, you know, with 
in and out of the lineup, uh, which I know is frustrating for a lot of owners. So uh, at least that will calm down for a little bit here. And yeah, we hope uh, we hope McAvoy rests up. But you know, he is not necessarily. You know, he's not. Uh, He's not Makar, he's not Taves either, I would say, out there um, running that top power play. And obviously he's a guy who can get you some points, but he's certainly not irreplaceable. Um, You know, Lindholm and Orlov have both shown that they can uh, run that point quite effectively. Uh, Those have been some very nice potential additions. Um, And yeah, I'll actually talk about uh, those guys and a couple others a little bit later, uh, because we wanted to talk about some things we learned from uh, the course of the season. So I'll save that for a bit. But uh, Orlov and Lindholm are a couple guys who are worthy of mention there for a little bit. Um, we got some blues news as well. I know I was, I was, had convinced myself that the O'Reilly news was going to be blues news, but, um, uh, Bujnevich is back, uh, versus the Rangers. Uh, we're, you know, waiting to see maybe what the effect could be on that, uh, hot streak from Shen, Saad, and Cairo. That group has stayed together. Um, so it's now Verana, Bujnevich, and Kapanen on that second line. Um, you know, uh, obviously Verana has been looking real good since he came over with uh, a new lease on uh, playing time in uh, in St. Louis. So uh, good on him, although these two Red Wings fans uh, may shed a single tear for what could have been. Um, but yeah, Bushnevich obviously uh, strengthens that second line for sure. Um, but it does maybe uh, take away a little bit of the, you know, kind of leaning on that top line that we had seen, which we see so rarely from St. Louis this season when they have been, you know, really emphasizing that balanced attack. Um, <laughs> speaking of unbalanced attacks, just doing some score watching here. Uh, New Jersey is leading Columbus 8-1. to one. Uh, some real barn burner of games going on. The Red Wings, I think, are in a six to four game right now. A six to five, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, there's some good action going on as we are as we are chatting here. Uh, Dylan Strom having a nice night. Brian Dumoulin continuing his hot streak. Uh, Johansson uh, on the power play with Boldy assisting and Zuccarello. Just a lot of good stuff going on here late in uh, late in the season. If your your pool is still going, so. Uh, Pretty fun there. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we will talk about uh, another injury, uh, a couple goalie items, uh, and a couple hot streaks that we can take a look at as well. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. We promised uh, one other injury update. Uh, It is the Rope Hints roller coaster. Uh, I think this time probably a little more having to do with uh, you know late season itis rather than anything too serious. But Hints has been out tonight uh, with Sagan centering Robertson and Pavelski. That line has scored uh, Kiviranta, Domi, Delan- uh, Delandria on the second line, and Ben Johnston and Dodonov on that third line. Uh, some decent depth there, um, and then. Uh, we got an update about uh, Cam Talbot, and you had sort of a, a guess about what this maybe holds for the future, at least for uh, the remainder of the season here. Uh, what's going on in Ottawa in the goal crease? So does it take uh, any advanced analytics to know that Talbot hasn't been playing well since coming back from the injury? Um, he had two horrible games and then that weird four-save night when he's coming back in from an injury. But other than that... Uh, his coaches are not a fan because he was not even dressed for tonight's game. And 
might be doing them favors because I think they're down currently 7-1. However, based on just some chatter I've seen from some of the beat writers, it looks like he may have been like played his last game or at least in the doghouse. But that was kind of written before both of their other goalies got blown up today. So we'll have to see if it is one of those things where they stick to their guns and just say, hey, we're bringing up these young guys. But either way, this defense is just a mess that even if he gets to play, not really sure I want to play him. Yeah, I think so. Like it's just been kind of a rough, uh, rough run ever since um, there was there were those two those back to back wins over Detroit when it seemed like uh, Detroit had knocked themselves out of the playoff race, and that ended up being true. But it seemed like um, maybe Ottawa was gonna was gonna ride that streak into a potential playoff berth, and that has all really fallen apart. Sorry, Brian. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the time of uh, you know being excited about whatever goalie they're able to uh, ice out there uh, certainly over. We got you know a nice Mandalay start here uh, there, here and there. We had you know a couple good runs from Matt Sogard Mads Sogard before things went really bad for him. But yeah, that is not a, that's not an area that I'm looking to stream at this point with uh, with the way things are going. Uh, another maybe more interesting uh, streamer option, if you're still looking for him, uh, is uh, we might see Brian Elliott getting a few more starts here down the stretch for Tampa. Um, basically, uh, I'm basing this guess off of a statement from John Cooper. He said, uh, responding to a question on if he plans to rest Vasilevsky before the start of the postseason, uh, he said, if you think he's going to be sitting all of these games, that's not going to happen. After tomorrow, we'll get a feel about how we're going to do it. Um, you know, that, that seems like a, a, a very effective coach, uh, answer. He sort of created a straw man there, right? Like, oh, so if you're asking if, uh, he's going to sit every single game for the remainder of the season, no, that's not going to happen. Like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, but realistically, uh, you know, uh, it does seem like, you know, why why wouldn't you rest a guy who uh, has been on a number of very deep playoff runs, who plays a ton of games? Like, it just makes sense that if uh, your ticket to the postseason is punched, there's no reason uh, to, to go all out with that. Now, of course, the risk of starting um, a, a guy on a team that is already ready for the... Um, uh, ready for the postseason is that they may not be playing 100% and, and do run the risk of being blown up. Uh, obviously, um, Elliot is prone to that on a good day. So that may be something to, to watch out for. But um, Vasilevsky is coming off a really bad start against the Rangers. He allowed six goals against. He had an 838 save percentage and minus 2.5 goals saved above average. You know, why subject him? Uh, to that kind of stuff if uh, if there's not any good reason for it you know you're not fighting for the standing so uh, you may see Brian Elliott getting a, a few more opportunities out there uh, just wanted to add on a couple hot streaks very briefly these are guys who are playing on a very busy Saturday uh, so I don't know how uh, useful they might be for you but with the number of people who are getting sat or scratched uh you know you may you may have an opportunity to work one of these guys in the lineup lucas reichel has four points in the last three games uh playing for an upstart chicago team that you know might be looking to spoil but realistically should be trying to lose the last couple games here to uh, ensure that they are uh, gonna have the best possible odds in the connor bedard sweepstakes uh, another guy in a similar position is noah gregor 
Um, he uh, has managed eight points in the last six games, including a you know potentially weak winning uh, three goals, seven shot outing at Arizona on April Fool's Day. Um, you know that that could very well have made or uh, broken some folks' final uh, weekend there. So pretty wild to think about. Uh, you know this guy Noah Gregor coming kind of out of nowhere, just you know shot after shot after shot. Um, pretty pretty cool to see. So uh, if he can keep it going, you know, other than that hat trick, he's been a point a game for the last uh, for the other what five games. So uh, he's been performing pretty nicely for you. Could be someone worth keeping an eye on. James, uh, last thing I'd kind of like to do before we sign off here for the season, I was wondering if there was anything, you know, any kernel of wisdom or anything useful uh, that you learned uh, this year that you might want to, you know, uh, sock away, not only for yourself for the future, but uh, for anyone who is listening and has stuck with us all the way through the end of the season. Uh, any good, useful takeaways here uh, that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to share? So. We have all heard of the talk of zero goalies, and I'm not going to be talking about that. And it may not be this extreme, but I accidentally fell into this during a couple, and I ended up falling in love with it, is that I had my draft board set, and I didn't want to reach for a certain defenseman, and there was run after run because I was on the edge of one of the... um, I had the first overall pick, so I ended up just having 13 other picks, or actually 26 happening at certain times, happening before any of mine, so... So many defensemen just went past me and I didn't end up taking one until like the 10th or 11th around and it ended up being Sergachev. And it just made me happen that I ended up getting over the time I ended up picking up guys like Matheson and then like Provorov, depending on your leagues, if blocks are valued. So it just made me realize that I think just going forward now, obviously, if certain defensemen fall in certain spots, I might be interested in them. I think I'm just going to go ham on just all the forwards. And then you have those situations where certain forwards might just fall or not turn out. But if you have a certain strength of uh, that position, also being smart with your schedule. For example, I had both Kempe and Kopitar who had a lot of off night schedules. So I was still able to fit most of my forwards. And then I ended up just hitting on so many of them that I was just able to just rotate random goalies and random defensemen. And then some of them ended up being keeps for long periods of time. And you don't hear a lot of times where you say, Hey, I drafted X defenseman. He won me my league. You hear a lot about, you know, picking up Matt Kachuk at the right draft or getting Robertson. It's the forwards that when you're in leagues and I'm just going to start drafted so many more and not worry about the rest Obviously, it's going to be dependent on your format and different situations. But if banger stats are valuable for your defenseman, you can find a lot of just replacement level ones. And you're not going to find replacement level uh, forwards out there easily. So give me my forwards. I'll worry about the rest on the waiver wire. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's kind of in line with sort of my takeaway. Obviously, I came at it from uh, tier one, which uh, I won't be able to say next year. Uh, tough, tough year for uh, the tier one podcast hosts. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I tried to go, uh, I wanted this year to kind of go um, uh, studs and duds. And I thought, you know, I, I'm pretty tuned in, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to fill in the bottom of the roster with some good players. 
I can pay attention and pick up some really nice, uh, you know, ads off the waiver wire. Guys like Jamie Benn, who ended up outscoring or very nearly outscoring some of my uh, higher end picks. But, you know, I just kind of ended up missing on my big three. And you can't really afford to do that when you're going studs and duds, no matter uh, how good your dud fill-ins may be. You know, I got some really nice deals in there. I had uh, Jesper Brad. I managed to trade for, um, you know, Brandon Montour down the line. Uh, I got Nico Heischer for two bucks and unfortunately just kind of squandered it because uh, those big spends didn't go so well. I really admire the approach that Marcus uh, took this year at the draft, and I know he didn't ultimately end up winning, but he uh, has always been so successful up in tier one. I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, and so I, I wish that I had, in retrospect, you know, spending uh, Connor McDavid s money on Austin Matthews was a disaster. No one needs to hear any more of that from me. And those who drafted him uh, feel the pain too. But I really like what you were saying. Like there really were guys like Matheson, like Montour, like um, you know, that just hit Brian Dumoulin to end the season, who's just been on a total tear. Like there are guys that you can grab who can step in and make that kind of difference. And certainly with the goalies, like you said, you know, if you're going to be streaming them in any way, which I really like as a strategy because they have, you know, really the highest ceiling of anyone you're going to be able to stream in. And then, you know, it turns out that they go on a little run and get a few starts in a row or someone ahead of them gets injured. Like, it's nice to not have to wedge them into your lineup, but just be able to say, oh, you know, I was just going to keep streaming, but now I can hold on to this guy for a little while. Uh, and that's going to work for me. So I'm with you. I think I'm going to try and take your lesson to heart and, and learn a little bit from what I did this time as well. Uh, it won't be an auction next fall. Uh, you know, it'll be your your classic snake draft, uh, probably with that third round reversal still pending, uh, I'm sure, endless debate on the Discord uh, over, over the summer break. But uh, I think I'm with you. I, I really want to try. I, I can say it no matter how many times coming into the draft table. But I have not yet been able to sort of help myself and lay off some of those juicy looking grabs uh, on defense and in goal. But uh, going to try and take a page from your book. You have been wildly successful, too. So i uh, going to try and learn a little bit from what you've been able to do, what guys like Marcus have been able to do. Learn from the best. Uh, and hopefully I can get myself back up into tier one before too long. Although it might be tough. I could easily be uh, in a tier with Brian or Elon or uh, any number of really talented, uh, really talented GMs. So uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Champs, that brings us to the end of our show here. Uh, it's been really great getting to work with you and Jeremy here in the latter half of the season. Uh, we'll be in and around over the summer. Uh, we might do an AMA type thing that Ben and I had often talked about but never got around to. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, maybe pop in and talk a little bit about the playoffs, jump in on some patron casts. So we will not be uh, total strangers through the summer, um, but this does bring us to the end of our regular season content. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for joining me. It's been really fun, Shams. I appreciate you. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, your time uh, behind the mic with Short Shifts. Oh yeah, it was, uh, wasn't a thought at the start of the season, but uh, jumped in and uh, loved every second of it. So looking forward to going to uh, see where it takes us. Yeah, there's such a deep bench of talent uh, in the Keeping Carlson community. So thanks to those of you who have joined us. Again, you can join in yourself for just a buck over the summer if you want to enjoy uh, the playoff pool and all of our off-season chatter. 
uh, yeah, and we'll be we'll be in and around, and you know it's a place where I like to spend my online time. So uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Thank you everyone uh, who downloaded the show and joined us. Uh, please give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. Uh, Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Also recommend as always you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL. And of course the brand new Game Day Stats NHL, all organized nicely at GameDayTweets.com. Visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach john reed is our digital media producer and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.